Coming up, I'm going to explain to you why people are searching for friends over raises in their income. Yes, it's true. And how that impacts you, your health, and your work. Let's go. Helping you make more money and experience more meaning. I'm Ken, otherwise known as Man of the People. Excited to be with you. So let's dive into this. Have I have I lost my mind? Have I had too much medication? Not enough rest? Is it true, Ken? People are searching for how to have more friends? They're searching for this more than they are on how to make more money? Is it true? Yes, it is. Millions of people in this country and around the world are searching on how to fit in. Searching on the internet, or as I like to say to my teenagers to irritate them, the Google. Current Google search trends left out, that's the phrase, is the number two Google uh, Google search for the phrase, I'm feeling blank at work. This is what people are typing in the search box. I'm feeling blank at work, and the number two search is left out. Wow. Now, this feels, at, at first blush for me, when I, when I saw this, feels very middle school, doesn't it? What, 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 what do you mean? Well, when we get down to the source of it, it's loneliness. Now, more data. The phrase, what to talk about at work, is being searched more than ever in the U.S. So at this point in time, and time being from when the Internet arrives to today, this search term is exploding, search phrase rather, what to talk about at work. Huh. So left out, I'm feeling left out at work, is the number two Google search for the phrase, I'm feeling blank at work, and a lot of people are searching this. So this is interesting. Let's go on. How to make friends. Where to meet people are currently being searched at an all-time high in the U.S. So those two phrases have nothing to do with work. So we, so I share all of that with you to point out what my good friend and colleague, John Deloney says is a loneliness epidemic. And again, we're seeing this data all over the place. And the loneliness factor, the epidemic, as John Deloney says, is is growing. It's not just at work. But keep in mind, we spend more time at work than any other activity or area of our life. So it stands to reason if I'm lonely, just period, that a good bit or a good percentage of my loneliness is happening in the place where I spend the most time. So there is the reality. Now, some of you that Ken, you're being cute today. No, I'm never cute, first of all. And I'm not playing gotcha or bait and switch. How to make friends is currently 70% higher than how to make more money in Google search. 
I think people know how to make more money, to be honest with you. I don't think people know how to make friends. Startling. Sobering. I mean, I just, I I want those of you that are listening and watching right now, I want you to just process this for your own life, the lives of your friends, the lives of your family members, parents. To me, this is a blaring alarm. I got three teens, 14, 15, and 17. Please pray for me. I'm trying to keep my hair. Stressful raising teens, Joe. I meet these young parents, by the way, now. I'm at that. I'm at this stage of life where I meet young parents. Like Nathan represents this. Nathan's our video director. There he is, handsome young man there. He's got littles. And then sometimes the guy's exhausted. I get it. And when I talk with people like Nathan, I go, I get it, brother, but I got news for you. It's going to get worse. It, 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 because you will trade physical exhaustion for emotional exhaustion. But I think this younger generation, my kids' age, I think they may be the loneliest of all. In fact, the data bears out. My kids are all part of Gen Z. We do have the top half of Gen Z now moving into the workforce, and they are craving to the tune of over 50% of Gen Z, not everybody, but over 50% of Gen Z workers say they want to work in the office. They want to be around people. This is the generation that grew up with a freaking smartphone in their face when they were two at TGI Fridays or wherever their parents took them. They've grown up with smartphones. They don't know life without smartphones. They don't know life without social media. They don't know life without digital and visual stimulation. They just don't know. When I was a kid, I told my kids this recently, and they looked at me like I had horns growing out of my head. I said, when we went on vacation when I was a kid, we had to read a book if you could. I couldn't. I'd get sick and throw up if I read a book in the car. You know what we did? We played games like ABC and I Spy. And for hours on end, I stared out the window at cows. We're lonely. Why are we lonely? That's just one reason I give you there. For this younger generation, they're connected but disconnected. They're connected to devices, they're connected to entertainment, but they're not connected to people. They're not connected to their imagination. You know where your ideas come from? Boredom. Look it up. I don't have time to teach on that today. The more bored you are, the more imaginative you can become. You want to know why I got an idea every half a second? Because my dad drove me all over America going to battlefields because we couldn't afford anything else and I had to stare out the window and look at cows. We as humans desire to connect. We are relational first and foremost. We long to belong. We all need a tribe. We need our people, if you will. But see, social media has made us less social. See, because we we have false connection. Well, I see what Larry did today. I see what Martha did. I see their vacation, and we are connected to them via social media, but we are not actually talking to them. Social media has made us less social. And then, because of the pervasive nature of social media and 24-hour media, our world is more divided than ever. Polarization has led to loneliness as well. 
I think the pandemic made it worse than anything because you were either in one or two camps. You you were either in the mask uh, and uh, 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 jab, what do you call it, vaccine camp, or you weren't. And I'm just telling you. I'm not getting into that argument. So if you get offended, just this was part of the problem. Everybody's so freaking offended and so triggered that we just don't relate anymore, and we 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 fence ourselves off. And so the pandemic came up became about what I believed on this issue, and then you put politics on top of it, and we're always arguing about it. So social media and media has made us disconnected and lonely. So coming up next, I'm going to unpack why we need to be friendlier and what it will do for all of our lives. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman, BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, people are searching on the internet. How do I fit in at work? Why am I left out? How do I connect? How do I make friends? We have a real connected problem, and I'm talking connection at the soul level. We're more connected than ever to people and news and information, and yet we're disconnected. And so uh, we were talking in our first segment here about how we got here. Now let's talk about the solution. The problem is we're more disconnected, and as a result, we're lonelier than ever. So let's talk about the solution. People are searching. I'm feeling left out at work. How do I connect? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna teach on what do you do. You don't need to search Google. Just search Ken, baby. Here we go. Number one, you've got to acknowledge that you're lonely. I mean, this is true in any area of life. Someone will never lose weight. You won't beat an addiction. You won't fill in the blank. Whatever thing you need to overcome and break through, you will never do it until you acknowledge that you need to do it. I mean like deep soul, as Dave Ramsey has said for decades, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll change. You know, I've I've said on, on Instagram before, people won't change until the misery of the reality is greater than than the uncertainty of change. Because see, everybody's afraid of change because change represents uncertainty. But I'm going to tell you something. When the misery gets so unbearable, you go, I don't care what I don't know over here. I don't care how scary change is. I got to do it. 
I can't stay here. And so this is true. So number one, we've got to accept and acknowledge that we're lonely. This does not need to be a shameful distinction. I think that's what's going on. I think so few people are willing to go, I'm lonely because you feel like a loser. To admit loneliness might be to admit unworthiness. And that's a lie from hell. But we got to acknowledge. Because when I acknowledge I am lonely, now I have accepted it and I will do what's necessary to change it. Number two, I've got to actually be friendly. I wish I could put my answer into that search phrase. I'm feeling left out at work. What do I do? The first thing I would say is be friendly. Be friendly. Well, what does that look like? You feel left out. You don't have to be obnoxious and force yourself into things. Just walk around the office with your antenna up and find opportunities to ask questions about your coworkers to them. Everybody's favorite topic is them. <laughs> and so as I'm beginning to ask questions and get to know people, here's what I'm going to find. This person I didn't connect with as much. We don't have much in common. Maybe we don't agree on politics or we don't agree on, we don't, he likes sports, I don't like sports, I like music, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the more interested I am, watch this, the more interesting I become. The more interested I am, the more interesting I become. I'm not going to connect with everybody. The juice isn't going to be the same with everybody. We understand that. But the more I find out about someone, watch, I find out things that I connect to with them. We have this in common. Maybe shared values, shared hobbies, shared life experience. Come on, folks. This is not difficult. But let me just acknowledge something, which is why I said the first point, and that is if I accept my loneliness, I realize that I have in some ways fenced myself off because I'm afraid that if I put myself out there, I get rejected. And that's true, and that's powerful, and it will hold you back. But I don't have to walk around with my coworkers and put my heart out and go, will you be my friend? Because I'm lonely. But this is what we think. We think this is the exchange. It's not the exchange. If I'm lonely at work, I don't have to walk around telling everybody I'm lonely at work. I just got to walk around going, hey, I, I want to get to know you. Maybe it's just jumping in on a project and being helpful so that a conversation is natural. But let me tell you something, leaders. You got to foster this as well. If you got a bunch of lonely people on your team and they're all disconnected, you bear some responsibility for that. So be friendly. Ask questions. Make connections with the conversation. Serve. Step up and help somebody. And then if you're in a culture that's really nasty and toxic and unhealthy and it's represented by a bunch of backbiting, gossipy, unhealthy, negative complainers, I got news for you. You cannot change that culture. Could you find a diamond in the rough there? and build a little bit of a friendship and, and and kind of keep you your nose above water in that toxic environment long enough to leave, great, but leave. Leave. Life is too short to work in a toxic environment. So if I want to fit in, if I want to make friends, I need to plug in and I need to be a friend. That's it. Now, why is this important? Why am I why am I spending time on this today? It's not because it's a hot button issue and people are searching it. It's because it is 
It is life-threatening. Loneliness is life-threatening. According to the CDC, here's some research on loneliness. Social isolation significantly increased a person's risk of premature death from all causes. Listen to this. A risk that may rival those of smoking, obesity, and physical inactivity. In other words, loneliness is as dangerous for your health as obesity, smoking, and physical inactivity. It's interesting to me that they put physical inactivity as a as a rival cause for bad health because I believe that not fitting in, not having friends, not being connected in relationship is spiritual inactivity. And I mean that. I don't mean that from a faith standpoint. I mean the spirit of a human, the soul of a human begins to wither away just like the body withers away with inactivity. If you've ever broken an arm and it's been in a cast and you take the cast off after six weeks or so, you can see your arm is is noticeably smaller. What is happening there? It is physical attrition. And when you are disconnected and you are lonely, you are suffering from soul attrition. Loneliness was associated, again, CDC research. Loneliness was associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. That's not shocking to anyone. Social isolation was associated with about 50% increased risk of dementia in adults over the age of 50. Whoa. Now I, I, you know, I'm a nerd. You all know this. I share data all the time on the show, and I love to get deep into stuff. But when I saw that piece of data, I got to tell you, it stopped me in my tracks. Social isolation was associated with about 50 percent. That is a massive number of increased risk of dementia in adults over the age of 50. Did you hear that? I just want that to sit. And I thought about this, Alex. How do I say this in a way that somebody doesn't get offended? Because everybody's so freaking offended. So I thought about it. And I think I've come up with a safe, politically, and I hate even saying this phrase because I am not politically correct. That data says to me, very clearly, that the lonelier will become the greater the chance that we lose our minds. You want to lose your mind? Be lonely. And to me, folks, if you're new to the show, we got new people coming in all the time. You may not be a person of faith. I am unashamedly. I don't preach at you. I don't hover it over you. But I'm going to tell you something that squares up with what I believe that God created us. Uniquely and wonderfully, it says in Psalm 139, 13, and 14. And our bodies were designed by the creator of the universe. The God who created the sun, the moon, the stars. This unbelievably beautiful universe that we get to hang out in. And he created our bodies. And they're supposed to work in conjunction with relationship and connection. And when we're not, we lose our minds. Happier people live 10 years longer than unhappy people. And I don't know how you can be happy if you're not connected and part of something bigger than yourself. Think about it and do something about it.
One of the greatest stressors, challenges that parents have in America today is feeling like they've prepared their youngster for the next stage. And we've got millions and millions of high school kids that are graduating all around the country this month and next. And uh, this should be something that parents are aware of as, as it relates to preparing their youngster for their professional future, but not freaking out about. Why? Because... As a man of the people, by the people, for the people, I have taken my resources, my methodology that has worked to help tens of thousands of adults find and do work that they were created to do so they make the money they want and experience the meaning they desire. And we've now put it into a course that is in the language and of young people, high schoolers, and it features high school students as I have table conversations or actually living room conversations with these young people about how they view the world of work. And it's a fantastic course it's called foundations and career discovery the course is 49.99 for one student for one year because you have access to it digitally and you go in and it's like a portal you get all the lessons that i teach plus the conversations i have with these young people and uh, you as the parent can be their teacher if you will uh, it includes the free teacher account that gives you teacher resources student progress tracking and a grade book because this is a home study that's not meant to be academic in fact, you all know, if you've been watching listening to me for a long time, what I think about academics. That's what I think. I don't think we actually teach kids to prepare for life. I don't think we teach kids real skills. I just don't. If you want to know what I think about that, because I just threw that sound out, is that we are teaching kids in our American school system, pay attention, we're teaching kids how to memorize and regurgitate. And in doing so, when they take the test, we are teaching them that failure is bad because the first thing they do is look at their grade and all the things they missed. And yet when you go in the real world, nobody focuses on that. We focus on wins. So I digress. Each student will get free access to my Get Clear assessment for students, which is a fabulous assessment. It will measure what they do best, what they enjoy doing, and what results motivate them. Parents, this is a gold mine. Go get it now, KenColeman.com slash student, KenColeman.com slash student. Kevin is up now for a coaching session in Terre Haute, Indiana. Kevin, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, Ken. I'm happy to be here talking to you. Good to talk to you, sir. What can I help you with? So, Ken, I currently work as a federal investigator. I make about $95,000 a year. I was offered a job uh, to teach half a day and then be the dean of students another half a day at a local high school for $58,000. Uh, be the typical teacher salary or schedule at 182 days a year. Um, it's my dream job. Um, but um, I'm scared to take the pay cut, but I'm also wondering, if is it being too selfish for me wanting to chase my dream job because uh, I have four kids and I feel like uh, that my current salary uh, is high. My current job is one of my dream jobs, but it's not at the top of the list. So I'm really struggling. Um, am I being too selfish? Um, no, you know, no, 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 no. Okay. First of all, you're not being selfish. You're not being selfish for desiring a future that moves your heart. We got to stop making this stuff feel bad. Now, I understand why you feel this way, because you're a father, a husband, and, and as a provider, and this is a sizable cut, okay? This is almost a $40,000 cut. Um, so I think there's two piercing questions I need answers to. Number one, 
can you adjust your lifestyle to where if you were to take the $58,000 dean of students teaching role, that you would actually not be struggling? If you made some changes, and what I mean by this is maybe smaller house, live in a different community. I don't know. This is a sizable chunk here. But could you do it to where, A, your wife and kids weren't miserable and unhappy, and B, you weren't struggling? Absolutely. Yeah, we could, we could do it, and we wouldn't have to change our lifestyle. Our house is already paid off. We could do it. You Well, now, all right, Kev, you would have to change your lifestyle. $40,000 cut, what would have to change? Okay, f- fair enough. We, we would just have to get back living on a budget again and being strict, because um, right now we're not. All right, but my point is, being strict, uh, are you and your wife up for that? Like, I mean, we had a candlelight dinner, steak conversation. Baby, if I do this, this is our budget reality. This is all the stuff we are doing. Now we're not going to do Have you had that conversation? We have. And? Yeah, and she's up, she's up for it. All right. Okay, that's the first one. So that makes this that makes this absolutely a viable option. Okay. Um, the second question is, could you stay in your federal investigative role making ninety five thousand? You said it's one of your dream jobs. It's just not top of the list. And could you add some elements of the dean of student and or teacher role to your life? And fulfill that longing in your heart and not take a cut? Could you do some of that type of work on the side and fulfill that and not take a pay cut? Do you see how that could be possible? Yeah, Ken, I actually do that now. I mentor kids. I coach kids in sports. Um, But it's not enough. You're right. I don't think it's enough. Okay. Well, now I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, that would probably disagree with my advice on this. But I, I think that it is it is up to you to follow your heart. And I think if your wife is on board financially, maybe you take this and, and maybe you do some other things on the side to, to juice the 58000 So you take the teacher, dean of students role, and you look for some opportunities to make some money I don't know if it's in the investigative world, so you kind of flip it, or you just do some other things, because I don't want to see you guys be so tight um, for you to do this. So I I think there's a happy medium, but I would say follow your heart on this. Because here's what I know. You can always get back into investigative work, true or false. True. Yeah. Listen, man. I think when you lay awake at night, you get alone by yourself and you and you lay it all out there and you're really honest with yourself and you go, this is what it's going to do to our lifestyle. That means I can't send my kid to this. I mean, this has got to be a pretty painstaking process to where you go, I know exactly what I'm choosing. And if I choose to take this education role and I take a $40,000 hit, we'll make the adjustments on our side, but I may need to be willing to have a side hustle or something else that makes this less painful and less tight for everybody. I, if, it, if it were me, that's what I would be thinking. I would take the education role based on what you've told me, but I would look to supplement the income so it's not as big a drop. How does that feel? That's that's a great idea and great plan. Yeah. 
Because I think it's possible for you to move up financially in this role, yes or no? Yes. I like I don't know how much in Terre Haute, Indiana. I wouldn't imagine you're going to go much more than 58. But is that 65? Is there a path to 70? I'm just curious. It's definitely to 65, 70. Um, of course, you know, in 10 years, it could be in the 80s. Exactly. Well, here's the deal. Here's one other last piece of information I want to give. You've probably heard us talk about it. We did at Ramsey Solutions the largest study ever on net worth billionaires, 10,000 plus. And the third largest group of net worth billionaires in the United States are teachers. So Kevin, you've already got a paid for house. Uh, my guess is you're doing pretty well in what you've saved. And uh, my friend, you're going to be a happy, fulfilled teacher, dean of student who has no house payment, who understands the principles to be a net worth millionaire. And, um, and for that reason, I think this is absolutely a great decision. And I'm proud of you. And this is, listen, this is countercultural. But what you will make up for in your heart and a sense of meaning and purpose far outweighs the $40,000 cut. And most people won't tell you that, but that's the truth. And uh, we, and listen, in our current education world, we need men and women to step up and say, I'm going to step into a toxic environment and be a, a shining city on a hill. Kevin, I'm inspired. You inspire me. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.